Welcome to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program for and about women. Joyce Buford is a certified coach who has a passion for helping women who need a second wind. Joyce is the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, a program that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. As a certified coach, she studied directly with her mentor, Jack Canfield, author of the Chicken Soup book series, where she served as an assistant to his training program. Through her study with many prestigious coaches and mentors, she has created a powerful program that has positively impacted hundreds of people. On today's program, Joyce and her guest will help you learn how to get your second wind. Now here's our host, Joyce Buford. Welcome. It's great to be with you today. And we're going to have a fascinating program. One that we have not directly spoken about, but I think it very much affects many of us. It is divorce, and it's many stages of divorce. Now, one thing, one reason I did go through a divorce 17 years ago after a marriage of being with my partner for 35 years, in a marriage and in prior to marriage. Um, and one of the things and the reason I was so called to do Second Wind, I love the title, is because it was a second wind for me. I wanted to have a program that supported women in change, that showed you how after the devastating situation of a divorce, you can come back and thrive. You can create the new you. You can become more fulfilled than perhaps being in that marriage allowed. We don't mean so much in this program, my guest or I, to point blame, because actually we are all participants in a divorce. And so this is more about offering um, maybe good, good information that you could take and implement into a marriage that's doing just fine. But it could be enriched. It could be whatever you're needing today. So I wanted to, as I always like to do, is look at the Internet to get facts. We're so lucky to live in the age when we get a lot of our facts from the Internet. But at the same time, we need to be very careful because it is not always law what we read. Multiple, multiple articles might get us closer to the truth. But I did find from a family law site, as well as I found from another site, one that many of the readers didn't quite agree with. It was a little slanted, they thought. But the family law, I thought, was more authentic, more real for us. So some of the facts that they shared on this, and I'm just going to read these because I want you to be aware that... The divorce rate has actually been dropping since 1996, although it is still very high. Over 50% of our marriages end up in divorce these days. Now, that 
that figure takes in all different ages and they even break it down into ages and there's some states that they say have more divorces than others um Arizona has more divorces, and even Arkansas has more divorces than many of the other states. Now, the ages, um, let's see here. When you break it down by number of ages, there's 41% of first marriages that end in divorce. Not quite 50, but pretty close. So they're averaging these figures. 60% of second marriages end in divorce, even though most of them wait for three years before they remarry. And 73% of the third marriage end in divorce. So if the second one didn't work, you maybe don't want to go into the third one. <laughs> so the ages that um, are getting divorced um are from, it seems to be the younger ages that tend to get divorced. They're right. The average weight of the 20 to 24-year-old is 36.6% of women that actually get a divorce. And for men, it's 38.8%. As you get older, those numbers come down so that between 35 and 39 years old, 5.1% of women divorce, 6.5% of men divorce. So, the fact that in America there is one divorce approximately every 36 seconds means that nearly 24,000 divorces happen every day. 16,800 divorces per week. And this whopping number of eight seven eight hundred seventy six thousand divorces a year. The average length of a marriage that ends in divorce is eight years. People wait an average of three years after a divorce to remarry, but many never remarry. The average age of a couple going through their first divorce is 30 years old. And the statistics go on. But there is an important thing that says about children in divorce, how divorced they, children that are raised from a family that does divorce tend to divorce. So there are some statistics in that. There are more that we could go through, but I don't want to make this a total statistic show. Um, One of the things about divorce or it's caused by beliefs that affect our lives very early as well as other things that happen either in the husband's side or the woman's side many times between zero and seven years those beliefs those patterns are developed in us. These patterns contribute to who we are as we grow. They also, because of watching our parents interact, they also become patterns that we learn from our parents or from our relatives that will impact us. By seven, we have a lot of this already in our learning pattern. So it takes us some personal work, 
many times to transition through those learning patterns that could keep us stuck, could keep us less than a good, cause us to be less than a good partner. And so the learning cycle that many of us will need to go through as we grow in the marriage or after the marriage is almost a given. I can't tell you how much I have grown after the marriage, always very active in the marriage, but some of the information that I have grown after the marriage might have even helped the marriage. Does that make sense? Is that confusing? (laughs) Mary is our guest today. Now, Mary and I um, have both been divorced, and we are going to talk a little bit about that, but um, we are also going to talk about how we have grown. So Mary Hurst has been a guest on, on our show at the first of the year, so her name might sound familiar. But I was so interested in how Mary's life has evolved and her um book that she's written called Victory, which is a daily planner, um, and is a part of her evolution. These are what she did after her divorce, and so she'll be addressing them. But she has devoted her life to research and application of the very best transformational practices that deliver results. So, we, I wanted her to come back and talk to us. Mary's life and the lives of those she coaches are testimonies to the fact that what she teaches works. Mary enjoys what she likes to call a pinch-me a pinch me life, which is the direct results of living by design and not by default. Mary is a certified life mastery consultant, a dream builder coach, and an instructor of the success principles. Mary Hurst is the author of Just Minutes to Victory, a step-by-step guide to living victoriously in your crazy, busy world. She speaks, she teaches, she coaches for organization, groups, and individuals. She's also a CEO of her Minneapolis-based marketing company, which began its roots in 1984. Mary, I am delighted that you're you're with us this morning, and I am just itching to get your ideas on this topic. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you. It's nice to be back, Joyce. And I, those were alarming statistics. I was Aren't writing they? them all down when you were when you were talking about them. I know. It's just really shocking. But they and yet they say it's coming down, but to me I've only seen signs of it increasing. You know, they do the older we are, they say we don't I I don't know if I believe that or not. I mean I'm just um what do you think? Well, you know what? I uh, I personally was thirty five when I got divorced and I'm looking at the jump from twenty to twenty four versus 35 to 39, I mean, 36 and 38% versus 5 and 6.5%. Those, mm-hmm. are, those are quite drastic changes, you know. And mm-hmm. I think it's, you know, we, we're, we're, we're wiser when we're older. You know, we've perhaps sowed, sowed our oats, you know, in our 30s. Mm-hmm. And, 
maybe in our twenties we're we're still trying to do that. I don't know. Right. I was uh, twenty-seven. I was twenty-seven when I got got married. I was too, Mary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I thought I was smart. <laughs> uh, well, I thought I was never going to get married, to be honest with you. I had dated several men looking for Mr. Wright, and mm-hmm. I finally came to the conclusion, all my girlfriends were getting married around me, and I was came to the conclusion that, you know, maybe it's just not for me. And so... Mm-hmm. I kind of resigned myself to the fact that I wasn't going to sell it for anything less. And I just, I just let it go. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden this man comes into my life one day when I was out skiing and well, it's kind of a funny story. I, but the first word out of my mouth to him was single, because if you're going <laughs> up a toll, if you're going up a chairlift by yourself and you know, you want to ask if that person is single, yes. <laughs> it, was, it was all, it was all over after that. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of funny. Was he around the same age? He's five year. He's five years older than me. Yeah. But it's funny. Um, I I knew the day I met him that I was going to marry him, and I had, like I said, I had dated many different guys from looking for someone you know compatible, and mm-hmm. I just nobody came close. But the day I met him, I knew I knew it was right, and I never looked back. I mean, granted, the marriage didn't last, but mm-hmm. um. I still, I still love him, not intimately, but uh, I care about him, and I always, I always give him credit for coming along because I know I probably wouldn't have my two wonderful children had he not. Yeah. I don't think I would have. I don't think I would have mm-hmm. got married. And I don't think I would have had kids. And and then he also moved me to a, a beautiful little town that I live in, and I can't imagine living anywhere else. I'm so happy <laughs> here. So there were there was a mm-hmm. lot of good things that came out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, for me as well, the the relationship was a growing experience in its own right. Um, I experienced a lot of new things, a lot of wonderful things. And um, so I was totally, totally, totally shocked when I found myself going through the divorce. And it was sort of like... I sort of got a little angry at that Walt Disney movie that said, you know, you meet your prince and you marry and you live forever. <laughs> I was going, what is this? This is not working. So, you know, I, well, I would imagine after 35 years, it was more difficult. That's a long time to be married. Yeah. My marriage didn't last 10 years, but so that had to be even more more strenuous yeah i would think very difficult decision um yes but you and i are also women that um found our voice very early you were in marketing already were you not when you married yeah yeah right. i you know it it's you know i got married i had a baby i started my business all within the first two years and oh. you know, it mm-hmm. a lot a lot happened right away. Mm-hmm. So, but I, you know, I was grateful that I did have the business because then I was uh, financially self sufficient. You know, yes. I didn't, I didn't need, I didn't need his income, and that breaks my heart for some of those women out there who are suffering and and they they feel lost financially and that they they feel like they've got to settle and you know stay mm-hmm. put and and I mm-hmm. you know. 
it doesn't always have to be that way. It's, you know, it's always, if we hold the door open for a different possibility, everything that happens in our lives is for a reason, and it comes along exactly when it's supposed to, and they're all learning experiences for us. And I, if they, if we don't learn from those experiences, then we lost the treasure that it was, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you think because of your divorce you experienced in the transition of that, not only the the decision time, the pre-divorce, I mean, there's lots of pain that goes on just in um, making the transition of the divorce. You know, it's sort of like you you experience, I don't know how long, your, your time period of sadness and frustration was, but there's that time, then you go through the actual event, which can be awful, and then yeah. you go into the recovery stage, <clears throat> and the recovery stage is, I think both you and I are so focused at that, you not only, right. I am tardy more that woman, the woman that goes through divorce, you not so specifically, but do some of your clients have that experience that they have gone through? Yeah, I have had clients go through divorce. That wasn't our, in the coaching, it, mm-hmm. it wasn't the main focus. Um, but, you know, for me, I I was only married for a few years. And mm-hmm. then our marriage, our marriage broke up for eight months. And then we got back together had a second mm-hmm. child and broke up and it broke up the second time. So it was never right after the first breakup. Um, oh. I, I don't, I don't regret getting back together because we got, we had a second child. But so for me, it was, I had kind of had a preparation time in between yes. the first, the first separation and the, the actual divorce. So mm-hmm. it was, it was not a shock to my system. It was actually, to be honest with you, almost a relief. Mm-hmm. It was like a weight a weight was lifted off my shoulders, and that's when I began to grow. The first mm-hmm. the, when we first split, split up the first time, it was devastating. It was just it was the most difficult time of my life. Yes. The second time when we made it, uh, when I made the decision, it's over and I'm moving on. Then mm-hmm. you know that's when the doors started opening, but mm-hmm. it was difficult too because I remember we lived in a a beautiful home uh, that we had built together. Just, mm. you know, we put all of our blood, sweat, and tears into it. Mm-hmm. And so, and it was 4,000 square feet. So I, w- I moved from a 4,000 square foot house to a house that was like 1,700 square feet. And mm. about 11, 1,100 of it was uh, finished. And so mm. I'll never forget mm-hmm. moving into this house, just crying for like a week. You know, <laughs> it was, it was a shock for the system. But I said, mm. I'm going to make this my home. And, now I've got people lined up wanting to buy it from me, you know. Oh. It, you know it was part it w- it was part of the journey. It you mm-hmm. know, it was all part of a, the journey and mm-hmm. and that's that's just it. You gotta enjoy the journey. Yes, it, there are difficult times. Life is not always sweet and perfect like we all think, but it, mm-hmm. as long as we can if can enjoy the journey then that's when that's when magic starts happening because we're you know, I always talk about energy. We're either opening the door and allowing all the good that wants to come our way or we're slamming it shut 
And we mm-hmm. always slam it shut with all the negative focus that we have, you know, the, the mm-hmm. envy, the stress, the struggle, the doubt, the worry, the fear that slams that door shut. And it doesn't enable any of that good that's always trying to flow our way. And, mm-hmm. But once we can change, change our focus on, on, on anything that's positive, like for me, I, I focused on the fact that I, I had these beautiful children and I moved to this town and, you know, I grew after mm-hmm. the divorce. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I felt like I got myself back. I wasn't right. who I was when I got when I was married. So those were all I, gifts. Yeah, I really found I had a voice again. The only place mm-hmm. I had a voice was in the community outside because I was a museum director. And I held a position oh. that needed a voice. And mm. they listened to me. <laughs> So, mm-hmm. you know, I could go color or whatever. And um, <clears throat> it was a children's museum. And um, so, but my voice was only outside of the, the outside, not the inside of the house. So it was mm-hmm. so powerful for me to regain. I have to ask you this, though, Mary. Do you think, because this has kind of gone through with all the growth that we've had do you think that the growth, had we known it, would have helped the marriage stay? That's an unknown. I know it is. But I, I just grown so much. I know. In my case, it was not possible. I was in a mm. marriage that I, you know, he, I was, I was very much in love with him. And he just wasn't reciprocating. He, he, mm-hmm. he, uh, he had his own issues, you know. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and so for me, it, it wasn't. I needed. Mm-hmm. I needed to get out. Um, it was a one-sided deal, you know. Yeah, you bring it. That's very important, right there. It has to be two people working on the marriage. Yes, we can mm-hmm. improve. Right. We can grow. But if the partner doesn't want to grow, doesn't want to make this mm-hmm. marriage. A, a union, then yeah. <clears throat> it wouldn't all the growth in the world. Just it just identifies us more as knowing we could live with more fulfillment than we're presently doing. Yeah. Right. Well, and I was I was also right exactly. But I was also thinking about my children, thinking you know because I was I was trying hard and I was miserable. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when you're miserable, you know, as much as I love my children, I always have their you know, they're, they're, they always come first. I, I wasn't the best that I could be because oh. I was miserable. I was suffering at all. And so yeah. I knew that those my kids were better off with me not in that marriage. And mm-hmm. all I could think of was keep the, mar- keep the family together, keep the family together. And, you know, you can keep a family together, but if you're miserable, that's that really good for the kids. I've, you're right. I've taught my children children to be strong. They, they've, they witnessed... Um, you know, a lot of things with me and mm-hmm. how how I've triumphed over, you know, a lot of obstacles. And so mm-hmm. that's a good lesson for, for the kids to know. Yes, they're, it really they're, is. They're both strong and independent kids mm-hmm. now. Right. Yeah. There were so many after in this community. I live in a fairly small community. It, it's grown. It used to be 70,000 back when. And... um just the people that I'd interact with without even realizing it, they would say, Joyce, you just look so much happier. 
And you yeah. think, oh, I've got them fooled. They're not knowing this. <laughs> but I didn't. <laughs> so, yeah. so I'm going to talk about, I want to ask one more question. Because, because we're going to go to break shortly. And I don't want to leave okay. this area without one of the biggest keys that I think a woman has to go through is the morning stage, accepting it as a morning stage. It's not where she's going to stay. But also in that morning stage is the forgiveness piece. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you can't just do it one time, say, I'm going to forgive, I'm going to forgive. It's like an ongoing process that gets stronger every time you do it. So how was your transition into forgiveness? Well, there was a third person in the equation, and he actually ended up marrying her. Um, and so that was difficult because that because I wanted to be in the marriage, but because there was, there was three people and there was, there was, you know, I was the lone person out. And so yeah. it was difficult, but I, I had to keep, keep my cool. I, cause I didn't want any trouble for the kids. Mm-hmm. So that was a very, it was a very difficult time for me. Mm, but yes. as, yeah. as I, as I grew, because I, I didn't care, you know, it wasn't that I missed the marriage. I just didn't want the children hurt, and right. so that was that was difficult. But as I just kept my mouth shut, and and uh, things things got better. They got mm. better, um, and I was, you know, I think because I was so grateful that it was over, and I didn't have any animosity towards her because I was actually almost grateful that she took him away from me <laughs> because I, I I know it sounds crazy because my family wanted to be. Mad at man, have me get so mad at her, but I was actually grateful. I because I, I, I gained so much by not being mm-hmm. in that marriage, and so I think it was you know it was easier for me to, to not hold any grudges, you know, right. because I was happier. Um, when we got a divorce, we didn't use an attorney. We were very amicable, and wow. Um, it, yeah, so I mean, it it, it wasn't. Uh, I know things can get nasty with people sometimes, but mm-hmm. I wasn't interested in fighting or doing any of that. I just wanted to to move on, and mm-hmm. uh, it on and, and it paid off in a big way for me. It really yeah. did. But would I be correct in saying that it wasn't one year, two year that you were totally forgiven and even. You know, even today, I find sometimes I'll go back in that negative, but I quickly return to the positive and see mm-hmm. my growth. So it's there was a lot of there was a lot of difficult times. I mean, there really was. I mean, I, I yeah. can't sugarcoat it. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> and there were there were times where I was I was very angry with him because you know, right. like I said, it was uh, it was the anything that had to do with the children. I just didn't want, you know, I right. always think about it, you know, the marriage fails, we both failed as men. Not one or right. two, but both of us failed. We both made our mistakes, and why, then the poor kids pay the huge price. So it's yeah. like, you know, get along as best you can so right. that they don't have to pay double the price. I know, I have know. to, I'm going to cut you off because I need to go to break, uh, but 
I want everybody to realize we're not, pain. Divorce is painful for the male and for the female. I'm not saying we suffer more and they suffer less. It's different how we suffer. But mm-hmm. I want to make that very clear. Now we're going to break and we'll be back. Transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author, Joyce Buford returns after this short break. Would you like to know how to bring more ease to all the decisions you need to make in life? Knowing your core values is the first step in Joyce's free live masterclass. You'll discover your top five core values in as little as 45 minutes. Join her now at free gift from joyce.com close your eyes and imagine living your life without limits where would you go who would you meet what would you do During an Uncover Your Hidden Genius session, you will discover what's keeping you from living your life with purpose, passion, and fulfillment of your potential. You'll get a clear vision of the steps you need to take to uncover your hidden genius so that you can live a life without limits. Sessions can be done over the phone, Skype, or in person. Find out more at www.JoyceBufordEmpowers.com or by calling 903-287-0747. Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. We have had a very interesting conversation. My guest, Mary Hurst, who lives in Minneapolis and uh, or outside Minneapolis, right, Mary? You're yes, uh-huh. in a suburb. But we've been talking about the divorce, the process, the three processes of the getting ready to make the decision of actually divorce itself, and then how you put your life back together. So, if you were in a marriage that is working, take what you heard and use it. But this part you definitely got to listen to because no matter where we are in our marriage, it's our life we're talking about now. And so I wanted Mary to share her focus, which is energy, working with energy and what that is. So Mary, you talk about energy, and for a person that's never heard that word of living in energy, with energy, can you explain what you're talking about? I'd be happy to. So, you know, everything that exists is energy. So uh, this, the chair you're sitting on, if you if you were to put it under a high-powered microscope, you'd see that it's vibrating energy. Our bodies are vibrating energy. The air we breathe is vibrating energy. So everything around us, everybody thinks that these things are solid, but they're not. And so the reason that's important is because we use energy to get what we want. It's either working in our favor or it's working out of our favor. Everything we do, everything we say, everything we think 
is energy and we act out of either fear or love. And one mm-hmm. delivers good, the other contributes to bad. And so uh, Albert Einstein said, everything is energy and that's all there is to it. Match the frequency of the reality you want and you must get that reality. It can be no other way. And I think we all agree that Albert Einstein was a very intelligent person. He knew what he was talking about. This is not, this is not philosophy. This is science. So if we can learn how to capture energy and get it to work in our favor, it is, it is scientifically proven that it will. And I always like to use that. And you've heard, we were talking about it before. I always imagine all the good that's trying to come your way is is being blocked by a door and you control that door and you either open the door and allow all that abundance in with mm-hmm. energy in positive emotions thinking good things keeping your focus on what is good or you're shutting it off because you're thinking of all the negative emotions that just slam the door shut on it so I, you know for anybody who's in a marriage right now and you know they're on the fence or they're suffering you know the reason we can't mend our marriages is because we focus on everything that's bad. Mm. You know, we forget yeah. we forget about all the good, and it is like planting a seed and feeding that seed. You know, so if you're feeding that bad seed, that's what's going to grow. You know, mm-hmm. Buddha said it best: what we think, we become. So mm-hmm. change your focus if you want to try and save a marriage. Change your focus. Think of, there are good things about the person in your marriage or even your ex-spouse you know think mm-hmm. about all the good things and and let that seed grow because it's just going to open the door to more more abundance for you and you know some of us who are in divorce it's so important that we forgive because that if we can't forgive that's a huge door slammer and mm-hmm. and forgiveness is really for ourselves more than the, the other person that we're trying to forgive it's right. to open that door and allow that good flow to come our way um, there is a um, there is a ladder of negative measurements of energies. Um, Mary, it's um, do you recall who I'm talking about? Is it Richard or Davis? Mm, I'm so sorry, oh, I yeah. can't. I don't have that I'm, name I'm for you. Some- and I'm not familiar with that ladder. Oh, well, you know, one of the very bottom of this is the emotion of shame. Mm-hmm. And it it goes from a minus 200 all the way up to 5,000. Mother Teresa's energy, the angels, everybody, she's at a five. 500, excuse me, I said 5,000, 500 level. Because she she's loving, she emits positive emotion, she is grateful, and she's long past ever gone through the phases of shame and anger and all those emotions that cause us to have a low, low vibration. Um mm-hmm. And so the shame when you go, well, I don't have any shame. Well, the shame, I'm going to give you a few situations. The shame could be, I'm not smart enough. That's something we really didn't 
create ourselves. It came from our birth family, our men, our family of origin. And we have that implanted in us. Daddy always says, I wasn't smart enough to go do this. My family directed me toward being a, a, a teacher versus a professional, a, a different, like a lawyer or, or another career like that, that because dad said I wasn't smart enough to be. So be a teacher because you're going to get married. And we were all programmed. Now, I'm talking about 50 and above people. I think it lessened as we became parents. We didn't do this as much to our children, but it still happens. Because unless we go back and heal our wounds, we will carry it on to our loved ones. We can't help Mm -hmm. it. It's just who we are. You know, we're so human. Dang. So, you know... But so it's so worth you spending time to revisit, to understand what are the messages you give to yourself? Are they saying how wonderful you are? You look great today. It's going to be a wonderful day. Um, What are you telling yourself? I know that has to be a big part of what you're talking about when you say being changing the energy. Do you mm-hmm. have exactly. something that you, you, when working with clients, that you give them as a tool to help them in well, this my, process? Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I, you know, because I, I I coach many different programs, mm-hmm. but one of the biggest and most valuable things, and, and I'm not saying this just to promote my book, but my book is all about changing your paradigms, changing your habits. And unless you do that on a daily basis, you will continue to struggle with the same old issues. And so my book, Just Minutes to Victory, is all about changing those paradigms. And I I do, do you remember Jack's um, mirror exercise? Yes. So Mm -hmm. that, yeah, we'll never forget Jack talking to us about that when we were in the Train the Trainer program. And he he said, he, he put so much emphasis on the fact that, do not discount this exercise. This is one of the most important things that you can do. And for our, for your listening audience, it's basically having a conversation with yourself every day at the end of the day and, you know, talking about the merits of your day, what went well, what didn't go well, patting yourself on the back for, for the things that did go well and then learning from those that didn't. And then at the end, looking at yourself, looking directly in your eyes and the reflection and saying, I love you. And it's like we have so many battles within ourselves. There's that there's battles outside ourselves. We don't need to have a battle inside ourselves. And so many of us, and I know I was like that before I began doing this work. We're our own worst enemy. Mm-hmm. And you know, and and this, and I remember Jack saying, "Do it for 21 days. It'll become a habit." And I actually created a chart. I taped it to my bathroom mirror and I did that exercise for 21 days. And I can honestly say that I have been doing it for several years now. Really? I actually do it. There's not a day that goes by. I don't do it, but I do it in a different form. I do it. Now I do it when I'm washing my hands. How many times a day you wash your hands? It's a Mm -hmm. great opportunity to have a little conversation with yourself. Every time you wash your hands, Mm -hmm. you remember how, you know how you're on a plane and there I was saying, put the mask over yourself before you, you put it yes. on your, 
your children. Because yes. if you're not breathing yourself, how can you help anyone else? And the same goes for loving ourselves. If we can't love ourselves, how can we genuinely love other people? So this is oh, one that's of the, really good. the most Yeah, and it's one of the most important things that we can do. It's in you know, the book has you doing several different things on a daily basis, but mm-hmm. they're all paradigm changers. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just so important to change undo the negative chatter that we grew up with and that we're always bombarded with every single day. I know I had issues when I was growing up. I'll never forget. I was in the first grade and um, there was the teacher called on me and I was chatting with my best friend who was in that class and I wasn't paying attention. She had a poster and she, she says, what is, what does this poster, what's the story telling? And I knew exactly what it was. And I, I froze. I couldn't answer and she took me by the, I was into a Catholic school. And I mean, I love my Catholic uh, upbringing and all, but she took me by the ear and she brought me upstairs to the other, the first grade class. And I sat there in front of the room crying my eyes out with other <laughs> kids just staring at me. And it was, and, and that impacted me for so many years of my life, you know, mm-hmm. because we, and then we, we attach these negative uh, feelings and we, mm-hmm. we bring them through life. And, and, and the book is all about undoing that, you know. Mm-hmm. You know what's um, so sad, Joyce, is that when we get out of formal education, most people stop learning. That is exactly the time to start learning. Because mm-hmm. formal education, it served us well. It taught us to function, read, write, arithmetic, you know, all those, those things were so important, but it really didn't teach us how to thrive. No. And we're not going to get, we're not no. going to get those lessons in formal education. So, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I graduated with a college degree. I did not really start learning until I got graduated. That's when my mm-hmm. true education began. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all this work is, it's, it's so important, and, mm-hmm. and, and it makes life so much easier. I would say it's, it's more difficult to maintain misery than it is to achieve <laughs> abundance. I like that. <laughs> and we work so hard at doing that. <laughs> and we I don't know. even know we're doing it. We don't because no. we've done it no. since I was seven years old. You know, I mean, Absolutely. some of those old messages yeah. are still playing in our heads and our hearts. Yeah. Now, you talk here also about living a vision-driven life. What is that about? Mm -hmm. I'm thinking vision. Go ahead. Our our mind thinks in pictures. So, you know, know, what do you want? You know, Mm -hmm. this is one of the basic questions in the Dream Builder program, and most people can't answer that question because they don't allow themselves to dream. Yeah. But, you know, first, and there's like four quadrants, there's health, mm-hmm. there's relationships, there's vocation, and then there's like your time and money freedom. And it's mm-hmm. nice to have a vision for each one and put pen to paper. You know, you want, what you want to do is you want to create a vision that is so crystal clear that when you read that vision or you go to it in your mind, you're actually experiencing the emotions of already having it. Um, Jim Carrey is a great example of how he put this, this is science, he mm-hmm. did this science, and mm-hmm. every, he was just a nobody from Cal, uh, Canada, mm-hmm. and he, his was his dream to get, make it big in the movies, and so he moved to California, he went up to the Hollywood Hills every single night, and he he had a vision statement, and he would go through that in his mind, and he wouldn't let himself leave 
until he felt the feelings of already experiencing that dream. And, yeah. and he used that to become who he, he is. He's a very smart guy. He has a wonderful we want YouTube on this. Yes, he yeah. has a on his story, and it's wonderful to listen to yeah. him talk about it. Yeah. So, do you do it's this? I mean, yeah. Do you use the vision board and do it in four mm-hmm. different those four different areas? Yep, uh, I actually do. I create a new one each year, and um, there are it is sectioned off. I have I have the areas, the different areas. And it's amazing when you have the vision board and you're looking at that every single day, how how powerful it is. I'll I I'll never forget my daughter was had just graduated from college with a journalism degree and she wanted to work for a fashion magazine. I says, Well put it on your vision board and she really didn't even have a vision board. I says, Just just create just get a little piece of paint you can get an eight and a half by eleven inch sheet of paper and put something on it. That's a vision board. <laughs> so she did. She, she said, I want to work for a fashion magazine. And within 48 hours of her posting that on that little board, she got, had an opportunity to go shadow editors at Harper's Bazaar in New York. Oh. And we, I know. And we went, and she did that, and they offered her an internship. And um, she didn't accept the internship, but, um, I mean, she never could have figured out on her own how that could have happened. And that's mm-hmm. not that's the key. We don't have to figure out how something's going to happen. That's not our job. Our only mm-hmm. job is to plant the seed of our desire. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and she did that. And then she worked on the February issue uh, when she was with them. And she brought that magazine into interviews and said, "I, you know, I had this experience. I, I was working there, and I, I had partake." Uh, I was responsible for helping them like stage these photographs for this shoot, and she mm-hmm. opens up the magazine and shows it to them. She she looks she works for a very um, successful company in downtown Minneapolis right now. Oh, cool! Well, yeah. it is. It's amazing to realize that we have that power just by doing a simple act of. It takes some preparation. I don't want to. I don't want to misrepresent this. It does take thought because we have lived so much of our life in in with perimeters. So, you know, it takes um, uh, meditation. It takes quiet time to really get in touch with our heart and our know what we want. So, you know, you may work on this for a week. A little bit here, a little bit there, but it can be a life changer as far as moving you forward. Yeah. So, Mary, and, tell and we, it's, it's getting. It's, if I could just say, we yeah. got to get out of our own way. It's our ego that's robbing us. You know, we got to, like you said, we got to step aside. We got to get get quiet. You know, still our mind. You know, you, you just get into meditation for like fifteen minutes a day and just. Just concentrate. Ask a question and just concentrate on your breathing and allow the answers to come to you because we're always trying to control everything with our ego. And we got and we got to let go. I know Dr. Wayne Dyer always said, let go, let God, you know, like ego. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, let God do his thing. You know, we got to mm-hmm. get out of the way. 
Right. Now, tell them where they can get your book um, so they they can have this tool to help them make that transition. Tell uh, us about your book. Absolutely. Thank you. You know, um, I had studied started studying transformation when I got out of college in my early 20s. Mm. And I always knew that one day I would become the teacher. I always mm. knew that because I was so so enamored with the lessons, and I applied the lessons. They started changing my life, and um, I, and I it was just my my purpose, my passion. I knew that from a long time ago, and so what I did was I took, I created. Do you remember when Jack said, you know, if you if you want to write a book and you can't find it, if you want to buy a book, you can't find it, that mm-hmm. it, it, meant, it, it meant you were to write it. And that's what Jack's professor oh, told him. And that's how, yeah. that's how Jack wrote his first book. So I was looking for a gratitude journal, and I couldn't find one. There were just journals out there with just blank pages, and I thought, so I thought I wanted to create some of these lessons that I was learning that I was applying to my life. So I started I created a prototype, and then I started handing it out. And um, then after my daughter graduated from college and she was, you know, she was in, in that interim stage between uh, graduation and, and um, for her first job, and she says, Mom, let me help you publish this book. I know you've always wanted to do that. So really what the book is is the culmination of like 35 years of my, my lessons. And what I've done mm-hmm. is I've taken the, be- the best practices and put it into this book. And and it really sincerely does, Joyce, take just minutes. We have 1,440 minutes in a day. And I sit there and I write in my journal for less than five minutes a day because what the journal does is it changes your paradigms. And so you're doing all of these things throughout your day. And when you're writing in the journal at the end of the day or at the beginning of the day, whenever you decide, you're really just reporting on all the things that you've done throughout the day because all of these things become a habit now. Yeah. they are they are huge door openers to abundance, huge. Um, they can get the book at livepresently.com. That's the name of my company, mm-hmm. and they can they can purchase the book uh, for twenty four ninety five. And I always pay the shipping and handling. And I always tell people, if you buy the book, you use it for ninety days. You're not happy with it, you just send it back. I won't ask any questions. I'll give you your money back. Mm-hmm. And I've yet to have anybody anybody return the book. It is a game changer, and and uh, like I said, I've been in this this uh, this field of transformation since I was in my early twenties. I'm about to turn sixty-two. I this is this is so uh, you know living life like this is it's just so incredibly easy, mm-hmm. and it's just it's amazing. It's amazing the magic that starts to show up. When people just do these simple, simple things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I, after our talk in December, I got your book, and um, every day, each page is one of the big areas that I see. I mean, you talk about um, gratitude and appreciation, and that is one of the biggest things that we can do most active things that we can do to raise our energy level it's the gratitude and appreciating who we are and what we have living today in the moment we are in 
today mm. is the day you're grateful for. Not mm-hmm. for the trip you're going to take in a month. It's today. You can breathe. Mm. There's sun. You're free to walk around. You've got two legs. You've got two arms. <laughs> or you don't. You know, I can breathe today. And it's very yeah. individual. Someone um, even suggested, which I take it on, I like I like this. I mean, you can sit down and do five at night or five in the morning, whichever fits into your mm-hmm. schedule, like you have it in your book. Yeah. Yeah. Or you can drive it, down the road and just say, oh, I'm grateful for that. Look at that pretty Terry. Yeah. I like this. I love that car. <laughs> Yeah, it's you know, it's funny because when when you when you li- when you have that focus, it's it's uh, you do look at life differently. You really uh-huh. do, uh-huh. and it changes ev- it changes everything. And that and that's the beauty of the book. It guides you step by step to change these things. And I always tell people you not to not to try and do everything on the page. You know, do gratitude and appreciation section just for the first two weeks, and then add. The other things in, you know, every week or every two weeks there mm-hmm. until you've got all of them. Like you said, it, it, I'd much rather people lean into it and be successful than think, oh, my God, i got to do these things all at once yep. and, you know, it's, and then get, abandon it. Now, you also have de- derived from five. Those are mm-hmm. five tasks to do every day. Right. It's all you can take baby steps to Mount Everest. Is you know the most important thing is to keep moving. You know, mm-hmm. it can be a phone call, it can be an email, it can be anything. But as long as you keep moving towards whatever it is that you, you so the derive from five is you have a vision. You're going to do mm-hmm. five things that will you know move you closer to that vision. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter how big or how small. You just want to keep that momentum going you want to keep moving and 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 it will build momentum and mm-hmm. you know it's, it's just that right. you don't want to have the vision and then just forget about it and don't do anything about it you know in our world today we are so much a society of immediate gratification and little do we remember that it takes daily practices such as acts five acts it doesn't have to be major things it can i can start today i'll work on it tomorrow that's kind of the motto of the entrepreneur as we move through building our businesses building our coaching building our lives that we want it's not going to look this way in 10 years or 20 years it'll be fuller richer more fulfilling and um it's we need to be aware of that and understand why today is such a gift. It's in preparation mm-hmm. of tomorrow. So, but Mary, we have come to the end of our wonderful session today. I have so loved the topic that we talked about and the transformation that you provide through your work and I provide through my work and it's all about rebuilding those women or men that have gone through the difficult process of divorce and you have certainly been a wonderful um, guest today because you brought us lots of good ideas lots of good ideas yeah yeah thank you for having me Oh, my pleasure. I uh, I do want everybody to go to your website. So what is the website again? 
LivePresently.com. Okay. LivePresently.com and order this wonderful tool that you want to implement. So thank you, Mary. Well, now, thank you so much, Joyce. It was my pleasure. Yeah. Now, as you go through this week, take a habit. Think about those four areas that Mary mentioned that you could start thinking about. How do I want my life to look? What could it be? See if you can get a buddy to help you kind of catch you in those negative words that you say. And catch yourself when you're saying them in your thoughts. So it's all a process. And you can begin today, wherever you are, be it 30, 40, 50, 60, or 70, or 80. It's a process. And you have the skill, you have the knowledge, you are so equipped to do this journey. I thank you for being with us today. I want. I hope you walk away with something of value that you will implement in your life this week. Have a great week. Thanks. Joyce Buford returns next week at this same time for another edition of Second Wind. Through the Joyce Buford Empowerment System, women are receiving support during their transition and are able to reclaim their true purpose and strength. They receive the tools they need to map out new lives. You can find out more about her coaching services 